and welcome back to another episode of the New Age Podcast. We're back, baby. <laughs> oh, man, this has been a hell. Let's just say, you guys, we've had a lot of technical issues, a lot of reinvestments. We have future investments coming soon, so we plan to bring you guys the next top-tier content, next top-tier video quality, and next top-tier images that you guys have ever seen. And I know we're setting the stakes very high from saying that, but trust me, we put a good amount of money into reinventing to give you guys the best content out there after we dis after we came across some issues and now we're well prepared. So hopefully, very hopefully, we won't have to take another pause like that again. Mm -hmm. I've had some people ask me what happened with the podcast, what's going on with the podcast, and I told them, well, I'll be honest with you, we're having to reinvest money uh, just for some technical issues and equipment, but we're glad to say we're back. Dario, how you feeling? Oh, I'm glad to be back. I had the same thing I was being asked. Where's the <laughs> podcast? Oh, you guys haven't posted in a cool minute. Did you guys stop? Did you guys give up? Like, what happened? And I'm just like, no, like, I have the urge to record. I have the oh, urge yeah, to talk. Dude, I have, I've like, been I so quiet lately. <laughs> but, you know, it was just a lot of big technical difficulties from both of our ends and a lot of re reinvesting basically into, what, 70, 80% of our equipment. Mm, dude. And that we still have more, more equipment coming. So, mm. and if things play out and you guys help bring us some more support, help you guys share, we're planning to bring you guys quality content every single day, meaning what you're seeing today and where you're going to be seeing for, let's just say, about what, three, four weeks worth of content is stuff we're pre recording and we will re be resuming our lives in January. We can't give you the exact date, but we will be resuming our lives in January. So we hope with this day-to-day -day content, you guys will be very much engaged and very much like what we're producing now, that you guys will want to hop in and talk to us live or, you know, just be in the chat and really show some love. But other than that, you ready to start this? Yeah, we've oh, got man. a bunch of topics. All right, yeah, so we're switching things up. Before, it used to be mainly, it used to be mainly one topic, and we wanted to explain everything we want, but we're like, you know what? We want to give you guys everything going on, everything that we think we should talk about, as well as things no one's talking about, plus some random stuff we just want to talk about. So without further ado, we got a few different topics for you guys today, so expect everything to kind of hop here and there, but we promise we'll transition as smooth as butter. All right, so first off, so... Everyone here is pretty much familiar with the, with the mandates, right? Okay, so I don't know if you've heard, but I was reading on an article, and this one is the Elaine Times Herald. I never heard of that person, or if that is a person. But it's basically about Navy SEALs suing the Biden administration over COVID mandate. Now, here's my thing about it. This whole article essentially talks about how a group of Navy SEALs got together, and they decided it is unconstitutional, and it was unlawful in a sense to not be given their religious exemption because there's about over 9,000 soldiers, not just Navy SEALs, but soldiers in general that put religious exemption and not a single one has been processed or approved in the military. And this whole article is talking about how these group of Navy SEALs got together, they got attorneys together from different states and they're trying to sue the Biden administration because my opinion, I think people who fight for freedom should be given freedom. Um, and we all know COVID is a very controversial topic. And to be honest, something people need to expect is in these conversations, there's going to be some controversial topics. There's going to be some fun topics. But my opinion, if you fight for freedom and you're providing freedom for everyone else, you should not lose freedom. Your freedom 
should be given to you because you're the one who's fighting for it. And if you choose, you don't want to take a jab, you shouldn't have to be forced to take the jab. But that's what this whole article is about. And it's causing a lot of controversy because now you have certain people and certain groups saying like, oh, what kind of soldiers are they? Like, they're not even being, uh, they're not even contributing to the fact that this pandemic's going on. They're over here acting all crazy, saying that they don't want, like, what well, this, this is stupid. This is un-American, stuff like that. And then you have other people saying, this is wrong. How are you going to force soldiers to go, well, how are you not going to prove soldiers for religi religious exemption? And then two, how are you going to force soldiers to be t having to take a jab? They don't want to take it. It's their body. It's their choice, correct? If, this is going to cause a trigger warning, if other people can say that, my body, my choice, and I believe everyone has the right to say that. But my opinion, and when I saw this, I was like, good. Thank goodness. And not even just the fact of like anything political, but I just mean thank goodness that these Navy SEALs are being true to who they are. And I like to follow military stuff. And Navy SEALs are the exact epitome of strength and resilience. And that's why I say, thank goodness that they're showing they're, they are true to that strength and resilience. Meaning if they don't believe in something, they will fight for what they believe in. Take out all the politics, take out all that bullshit. This is just men and women. Well, there's no women in Navy SEALs, but this is just men. But there's other soldiers as well getting together, all that kind of stuff. But there's, this, is, this is soldiers who are fighting for something. And I just, you have to embrace anybody fighting for anything anything that they truly believe in and anything they are fighting for, for others. You have to just respect it. So I just give respect to it because that's something people aren't doing anymore. People are not fighting. They're just kind of like dealing with it. And I think if you're fighting for anything you truly believe in, you deserve the well-respect. Your opinions? I I agree. You know, there's there's always gonna be that different perspective or that different, I guess, side of the wall of whether you approve or you disapprove mm -hmm. of the vaccine in general. Right now, since since COVID has started and and shots have been introduced and everything, you see that quite often. Whether it's at jobs, whether you're working and you're having to kind of force rules and regulations, mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, from there, you can see people's perspectives about it. But it does make sense where if you're doing as much as what you need to do in the sense of putting your own life on the line for your protection or for the freedom, however you know you want to put into perspective for yourself and for others, you're, you're seen as the bad guy, mm -hmm. as the villain, mm -hmm. if you're trying to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it's if what if if I remember what you told me when you were when you first read the article oh, about how oh, yeah. it's taking away even their what was it the so what happens is they get a dishonorable discharge and dishonorable discharge means like when you work for a company you get a pension you at least get something from them when you leave you get me well it's like a percentage of your income or the percentage of the money you're making now if these soldiers are getting dishonorable discharge just because they won't take the vaccine. That means that all their benefits, their health, their pensions, anything they had to fund their future, their retirement is taken away. It's like you're being fired. You lose all that. 
So I see. I wanted to make sure it was from this that I remember mm-hmm. that from. Yeah. But it's like, th- at that point, you really are like you know. It's a good thing you you mentioned it now because if you had said it from the start, it would have been completely different. Mm. But it's like you just just that alone. You basically you have people both young and old in the military that are facing this you know this kind of inquiry in the Navy SEALs that either are basically taking away their whole the rest of their life because they're at that old state where they're getting ready for retirement mm-hmm. and getting set to where now it's like now you've put them back in square one mm-hmm. or the new people that are there that just joined or just got into it and can't see any long-term benefit out of it because of this inquiry so to me i just feel like the the whole biden administration and trying to force this mandate as well seems like the the, the villain or the bad guy because mm-hmm. at the same time like i might not be in the military but i do know people and they have told me their mindsets when they join and mm-hmm. as they're in there and their their mindset gets or like their mind gets basically fucked up quite often whether it's things that they see mm-hmm. things that are pushed upon them the way they're being forced like whatever you want to call it or whatever it is um that you might hear but one thing for sure is like now adding this on top mm-hmm. of it it's like hey now i can't even like what i'm getting i can't even like save for the future or if i don't do this like now i'm i'm jobless now i don't have anything now I don't even have like what I would have long term. I only have what's in my bank account right now. Mm-hmm. And there, I know there are some people that use their mini- the, like the funds they get from the military to help out their families. At oh home. yeah, oh yeah, dude, so many, so many. There's, there's there's three people in the military: the true patriot, the person who was only given the military route, and the person who's using military for the tuition assistance. So literally, yeah, like, <laughs> those are the like, three people in the military. And, and here's the thing: the, the way you see is you're fucking up so much mm-hmm. for those that are trying to help out families. Mm-hmm. The, there's that route. Now you've you know, now you've not only hindered this soldier or this this asset, you've now hindered the family. Those that are going in for tuition, mm-hmm. now you've affected. Now they their now career. they can't really go to college because if they're dishonorable discharge, they don't get the uh, uh, what's it called. Ah, the fuck. <laughs> the the the. It's like the nine eleven Montgomery Bill. There you go. That's the one. It is. Yeah. So it's like you know you you affect them going after their career as well. So now it's either. And then the, the true patriot. Now you're making him question: Is America really for him? Should he really stand for America? All those three people are affected. Mm-hmm. And each one has their own specific route that exactly will affect and basically, like you know, like a spider web just start affecting completely different things so there's one thing people need to realize that not many people know this is a navy seal these are navy seals who are leaving do you know the pipeline it takes for some special operations and i'm telling you as a person who was training with them and studying them and literally was about to be one still kind of contemplating but with this stuff i'm like uh, after this mandate stuff stops then i'll do it but as for now it's like no one navy seal to train one navy seal cost a million dollars on average there are over 600 at minimum i believe that that that's what i believe the minimum is 
leaving. That's six hundred million dollars down the drain, just like that. Six hundred million dollars, and that's that's to train them from beginning to the moment they get their tridents. Meaning that's from the boot camp, that's from all the 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 hell week, and that's from their uh, scuba swim training. That's all their training to the moment they get their trident. That's not even counting the amount of technology and money you put into them from there all the way. Because a lot of these Navy SEALs are leaving. They're like 5, 10, 15, almost 20 years in. These are people who are already trained to the max. These people are like the highly elites. We would need more highly elite soldiers, you would think, right? To have an effective military and to really feel safe. You would want more Navy SEALs. This is common sense. If people don't understand it, hop off right now. $1 million per Navy SEAL. And keep in mind, this is just a story about the Navy SEALs suing. You still have other special operation branches. You have the Green Berets. They're an average of $1.5 million. You have the Air Force Spare, uh, Special Forces Pararescue Jumpmen, a.k.a. PJs. Those people cost around $4.5 million per person. All these different branches of the Special Forces are leaving because of this and that's not even counting just your uh ordinary uh infantrymen regular marines regular navy regular coast guard all that kind of stuff that's that's the big issue i have with it because not only are people losing the only thing they really had from at that moment or the reason why they're in the military was to gain certain assistance and benefits as well as uh funding now not only are they losing that but the fact that America is losing our greatest asset, which is our military. They're losing, we're losing, all over not being able to choose freedom, even though you fight for it. That's my issue. And I hope, I hope this doesn't, I hope this suing or whatever it is works. Because again, we need these guys. They don't need us. We need them. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> jump to the next topic. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just to make sure you did turn on the camera, right? Or it is recording. I believe so. You're gonna um, have to make me edit this and go over there. <laughs> just keep an eye on the battery as well for what oh this okay yeah okay all right so all right so i don't know if you heard but colin kaepernick recently came out with a documentary slash autobiography show of his own on netflix have you seen it yeah no <laughs> <laughs> okay. i've only seen the video <laughs> okay well look i only found out because i saw this video that we're gonna watch right now and you guys will see right here I saw this video and I saw all the immediate reactions towards that. So the reason why I came across it because I saw a reaction video reacting to it. And I said, what the? So I said, you know what? I'm not going to do what everyone else did with Dave Chappelle's comedy show, The Closer, and just go based off of one clip. Let me go watch the entire show. So I watched the entire show. So that way I don't jump to assumptions based off a clip. But meanwhile, let me just show you the clip and we'll go dig into it afterwards. To to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. 
Before they put you on the field, teams poke, pride, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. Like I said, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch the show. Mm-hmm. It was just a clip. It was just you know what, what everybody else just watched. But I, I had to kind of put myself in a mindset. I, I watched it a few times, but I put myself in the mindset of what I would have felt because growing up, I, I played soccer, you know, and I played for eight years. But each year, I was progressing in the sense of I was trying to play higher levels. Now, I had my opportunities where something could have happened. Mm-hmm. I never know, you know. But I, what I do remember is I loved playing it. I always had fun, and I always looked forward to just anything and everything in soccer. Mm-hmm. I was so invested in the video games. I was so invested in the, like the actual matches and, and everything. Like I was, I was up to date with everything. And social media... Every so often, whenever, you know, a team gets a new player or something, they like to post the player going through the whole medical testing and everything. So, you know, I do understand that most sports have to go through something like this Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're measuring you. They're checking your stats. They're checking your heart rate. They're checking your power, like all these different things. And that kind of question, that kind of question came towards me one time where, I was playing FIFA, and I was like, how do they get all these stats? Like, where do they come from? In the sense of how high they, like, mm-hmm. their height, their weight. Their arm length. Their, like yeah, yeah, all that. It's like, obviously, you have to run these kind of tests, even if it's just for games or even if it's just for, I guess, like, the knowledge that the team is going to need. Mm-hmm. But then again, you also got to think, the way I saw it was, you have to you have to think of it this way. I play soccer, and I have, you know, Maybe not not the best um, knowledge right now for soccer, mm-hmm. but let's say the two high the two best players, anyone and everyone will know if they think of soccer, um, Ronaldo and Messi, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, they're gonna be the two high up there. Everyone knows them. Everyone knows about them. You've at least heard their name anywhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. But just like you know, just in FIFA, they have every precise stat and every little thing about those two main players. Because they are basically the star of the show, you know? Yeah. Now, seeing it as from a team's perspective, obviously you want, as a team or as a manager or just in general, you want your star player to be at it, at their best. So you're going to want to check their heart rate. You're going to want to check their weight. You're going to want to check their high. All these different things and run all these tests to make sure that that player is 
good and playable for the team, you know? So for me, it's like, obviously, he tried to put it in the perspective as comparing American football to slaves and the way they were measured and the way they were auctioned out and this and that. Like, yeah, you could see it that way. If that's your perspective on it, then so be it. But, like, I remember when we first mentioned this conversation, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned how you got to understand, for some people, this sport is something that they love. Or this sport is what, they go, what they're go, what they going for for their career. This is how they're going to make their money. This is their way of setting themselves up for retirement. Because any sport in general can really bang you up. It really can destroy your body physically and mentally to where you can no longer walk or you can no longer, you know, think whatever, like, you know, boxing, American football, soccer, baseball, like any and every sport will hurt someone. So if you're in the pro leagues, you're trying, you're you're kind of just staying there because this is the career you want to go after. But at the same time, you're setting yourself up for long term. So, you know, maybe in that video, you never, you never know because you may or may not know the people that were in that video. But let's say the football football players that were in that video um, were going after that sport as a career and all that. They mm-hmm. don't see it as slavery, as being auctioned out to the richest person or to the next person or to give away their ownership, like whatever you want to call it. That's not the case. To them, they're seeing their their dream or their goal from a kid or growing up that they have now reached the professional league or, or reached that part in their life and they want to stay there. Because you don't hear other, or, you know, it's rare to hear other professionals see it in this kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. You you hear professionals going, oh, like this was my dream as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, this yeah. was my dream because I saw yeah. this professional <laughs> yeah. play and he was my inspiration. So it's like, for so many people and for myself as well i saw this as as like okay you know this may be his perspective but i don't agree with this because mm-hmm. my mentality was different and i saw it differently when i was growing up and i had that dream of you know what i want to go pro i want to be professional i want to play for such and such team and like you know always pushing myself even just in practices because i wanted to be good because i wanted to be better mm-hmm. than what i was before mm-hmm. so for me it was for me, this is kind of just like, this is his perspective. He can have his own mindset about it. But I don't agree with it. And just anyone that would agree with how I felt growing up would probably disagree with mm. what it says here, too. Now, I know you found it. <laughs> you did the whole watching the season <laughs> and everything. The so you have, show. you have your own input into it. So. Okay, I'm going to make one thing completely transparent. I enjoyed it and I like your response, Dario. And I like how you made it clear. You know, that's your opinion and you don't like it. But if that's what he thinks, okay, cool. I'm going to say right off the bat, I really don't like Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. I couldn't stand him in the NFL. I, I can't stand him now. Um, I actually watch football. So, like, I, I, we all, anyone who watches football noticed the time when Colin Kaepernick all of a sudden got benched because he wasn't a good quarterback. He wasn't doing that well. And he got replaced 
by a white guy, all of a sudden he was like this pro-black guy out of nowhere because he was never like this before. But until he got replaced by a white guy who, for being honest, was just a better quarterback, there's no race involved. No race whatsoever. He all of a sudden became this pro-black activist, all of a sudden keeping his afro out. Now he's making a show. Now he's doing big promotions, talking about white man's the enemy and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, no, dude, you're petty and you're salty that a rookie was better than you. That's what it was. And the and then the moment he started doing all this, the NFL didn't want him no more. And then boom, comes out this show. Because the NFL said, you're too much trouble for no reason and you're not even worth it. Like your, your stats... And you as a player are not worth the controversy. Because you got people who are controversial, but they, they, they're good at their craft. So it's worth it. It's good marketing. Conor McGregor, the biggest example of controversy. But he's good at his craft. So he's worth the marketing. Floyd Mayweather, he's really controversial. He thinks he's, 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 a, he's a shit talker. But he's good at his craft. So he's worth the controversy. Colin Kaepernick, he's controversial, but he's not good at his craft. So he's not marketable and they don't want him. And now this this guy of a sudden is like, look, if you watch football, you know exactly that this guy is he's a fucking hypocrite. And it's, it's, it's completely ridiculous. And I watch his show because I said I am not going to make assumptions based off this clip. This clip, my initial reaction was, OK, coming from A.V. And everyone knows that A.V.'s football team, at least up until like my junior or senior year. But A.V.'s football team had the number one football players of all the U.S. every single year for about three, four years straight. And those dudes, when you have a conversation with them, these dudes came from the ruck. These dudes worked their ass off to get a chance to choose a university and get full funding because they want to take care of their mom. It's the same story all the time. I want to take care of my mom. I want to buy my mom a house. I want to get my mom out the hood, all that kind of stuff. So to do that, I felt is disrespectful to people like those that I met. Now, this is his perspective. Okay, cool. But also knowing him from the NFL and also knowing the time his behavior started like this, it's it's one of those things where I hope people do their research on this guy before you start believing the stuff he says. And I really do hope if people watch this special, they did their research rather than being like, yeah, you know what? That is this, you know, all that kind of Because the show essentially was his story. And his story would have been a nice story. Don't get me wrong. I really would have enjoyed his story. But the problem was he would take breaks from his story and talk about microaggression and all these different things. Look out when a white man acts like this. Look out when a white man does this. Um, these white men did this, this black man, all that kind of stuff. It was like, dude, if you would have left the story as just you, you would have gotten a lot more respect for this film. But because you threw in all this other stuff, and keep in mind, you, I'm sorry, but even in his show, he tries to make it look as much as possible compared to the real thing. This dude came from the suburbs. Both of his parents, yes, they're, they're adopted parents, but those of his parents are white. They're rich white people, man. Who are you to talk about struggle? And I take that in offense because I'm like, I'm not black, no, but I come from a Hispanic household. No one ever acknowledges Hispanic struggle. And who are you to talk about, like, I've seen white people struggle too. Who are you to talk? You didn't struggle. You came up in the suburbs. You came up with a good life. And you had coaches, and it shows in your documentary. You just try to portray it from a different perspective. But I'm not dumb. I studied direct art film. I know how you could craft this to make an audience follow a certain persuasion. He had certain coaches. And if you know coaches, coaches go through hell and back for some players, man. And his coach for baseball could have changed his whole life. His coach, see, here's the thing about coaches that people don't realize. 
and in this video, he portrays coaches as slave owners. No, or slave masters. No. First of all, coaches probably put the most hours in because they want to see their players go far. Coaches get a satisfaction from seeing their players do great. So to compare the slave trade to the NFL Combine is first off ridiculous, seven off disrespectful, and third, you should be sued for it because it's far from that. And there are so many people in the NFL that I know for sure did not agree with this because all those people have stories where they gave everything they had to be part of the NFL. And if you think about it like this, when I was, again, about to go military, and I was at the MEP station, when I was at the MEP station, guess what they did? They did everything they did there. But you know why? Because I signed up for it. And those football players, they signed up for it. And Colin Kaepernick, he signed up for it. Now, just because the NFL doesn't want you, doesn't mean you go out trying to make this fake portrayal of a company that does give people their dreams coming true. Just because yours didn't, doesn't mean you should try to bash everyone else's. I just find that as childish, and I find that as I hope, I hope whoever is following does their real research, and I hope they gain a sense of reality of who this guy is. Now, if they don't, well, then I, I wish the best for them. But I really do hope people, after you see, if you go watch his film, his documentary, I really hope you go do your research and you see the propaganda he's feeding. And you see the fact that he saw an opportunity because the NFL is not going to make him a bunch of money because they don't want him. And he realized he's not good. Even in the show, it shows how much he was struggling to get one scholarship compared to baseball. Sometimes, here's the problem with people, dude. They try too much to be good at something they're not good at. And that's the issue. Sometimes it's okay to not be number one in something. You could be a number four, number six. At least you're part of it. But when you're trying to be a number one, you just, it, it, it looks embarrassing, in my opinion. Just know your lane. And the thing is, he saw an opportunity. He saw all of a sudden people are with him on this big movement, stuff like that. So I can make a lot of money if I just strongly stand with this and all that kind of stuff. And he, he capitalized on it. I'm, I'm, hey, he saw an opportunity in a market to make money and do it in a way that he enjoys. So, hey, you know, good for you. But I really do hope that people who follow this guy and go with a lot of things he says, please do your research. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just here to let you know you need to question things. The more questions you ask, the more answers will be revealed. That's my final opinion. I'm sorry, but like that, that show and that clip, I, I just have a strong um, opposition to Colin Kaepernick. I think we're going to move on to the next thing. <laughs> okay. You want to explain this one? Because I, you, you brought this upon me. Yes. Yeah. So next topic can be very controversial, depending on how you see it. But let me just paint the picture, basically. So this was before the game was to release. One of the highly anticipated games from Microsoft for Xbox this year was going to be the new Forza Horizon 5. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was excited for this game. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not this big car guy. I'm not like my brother. But I do like having fun racing and customizing my car and 
putting all these different things onto my cars and stuff. So I was looking forward to it. And game released, which might I add, is doing so well from the launch. So for me, I'm like to me that hypes me up. Now mm-hmm. the reason why I say it's controversial and the reason why I I kind of pulled this to the to to our attention or at least to my attention mm. was because I noticed as I was playing as 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 you start as you're creating your character as you're selecting your character because it doesn't give you many customization opportunities mm-hmm. it gave you the option to pick him her he she they them right now obviously yeah you might see oh there's more genders or there's more mm-hmm. whatever but um now this is going in towards the people that believe they them mm-hmm. now i was what uh three four days into playing the game and i had found this article and apparently a handful or a good amount of transgender people felt some type of way about the game now, obviously, it's going to catch my interest because I was looking forward to the game and got to find research and stuff for the podcast in general. But the thing about it is within the game, once you've selected the gender or so-called, you know, the three options that it gives you, mm-hmm. um, it then gives you either names to select, which are either male or female names mm-hmm. or nicknames. Nicknames being, you know, Delta, Af, um, oh, okay. Alpha, yeah. Tree, whatever. Like, there's, there's just a list. I don't know, but it's a list tree? of nicknames. It's a list of nicknames, right? Imagine getting hit by another car in that game. I got hit by a tree. <laughs> but um, so you know, they they have male, female names, and then they have nicknames. Yeah. Within the article, it's just a lot of transgender people getting offended because there wasn't much of a variety for transgender names now you know there's there's names like alexander and alex and alexandra or there's names that have like the the male and female jump between the two mm-hmm. and then there's nicknames now the people that did get offended there were some people that got offended and immediately stopped playing because there wasn't enough options mm-hmm. now within the game the reason why you pick a name or a nickname is because within the storyline or like the main races, they refer that name over quite and over. consistently. Okay, and there's it. like there's an audio for it. So you're hearing it. So for those that didn't give up on playing like right off the bat because of like not much selection, tried playing the game, but just couldn't play through it for that same reason. They would hear the name and they they, they didn't like it or they didn't feel like they felt welcomed. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't continue. Now, for me, I see it as, okay, you know, obviously that's their beliefs. They feel that way. I understand. Mm-hmm. By all means, you have that choice of playing or not playing. And you have that choice of putting your voice out there and your opinion out there. I understand that. Mm-hmm. For myself, I just feel bad because they're missing out on an enjoyable game that I believe within the setting, you can actually turn that off. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty you sure. Can, you I'm can turn sure. off for them to call that name out or to call out, or not call out, but so certain settings to change out. out. <laughs> In certain settings to, to, to cancel that. Mm-hmm. So you can still enjoy the game. 
And I just feel bad for those players that, you know, went through the whole thing of either paying for the game or paying for the um, game pass to play the game and just not getting that enjoyment because I love it. I enjoy playing it. My brother loves it and he enjoys playing it. And he's the car guy. He's the one that's doing all these tunes, doing all these fine details in the game. Mm. And I'm the casual player. I'm the one driving my Lamborghini Elemento because it's fucking fast. And I can do all these crazy things with it. But to me, I I, I thought this was good because they're making a voice for themselves. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, I have my own friends that see themselves as they and them. And for me, it's a little difficult to to remember, to figure out like yeah, what it is yeah. I'm calling or to even keep myself up like up with it because yeah. sometimes I do mix my own words too. Yeah, of course. It's like, you know, I agree with this in the sense of they can make their voice. I thought it was dope, even though it kind of threw me off because it's like one of the first few games I've seen actually implement this. Mm-hmm. Majority of games are just he, she, mm-hmm. and that's it. So I just saw it as like, Obviously, Forza was trying to go a path, giving that opportunity of they and them. I commemorate them for that. But at the same time, I guess, you know, I because I didn't look into the whole naming and to see if there was enough variation mm-hmm. or enough choices. But part of me was like, okay, you know, I can see that perspective and that's, that's good for them that they're making a voice or that's good for them that they made that decision of not playing or not continuing because they weren't comfortable. What do you think? I mean, you explained it the best way that I agree with. Um, it sucks that uh, not everyone was able to enjoy the game because of uh, immediate assumptions rather than seeing it out and seeing maybe I might enjoy this and just judging it based off first impressions. So that does suck, um, especially for people who put time in like for the game developing. They probably put so much time. In, I've seen the graphics on that game. like. It, oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, it does it suck for the people who did invest into trying to make this the best game for consumers. And that, that immediate assumption affected their market. So that part does suck. But, I mean, I'm a little bit different about it. I get it. And I get um, the idea that it doesn't feel like enough. But I came from a household where it's like you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You get me? So that's why I just feel a little bit different about this. Um, and it's mostly, it's, I don't care if they're trans. I don't care if they're straight. I don't care if they're who they are. I don't care if it's a fucking monkey. I don't care. It's just you really do get what you get. Like, why does everything have to have complaints nowadays? Like, why can't we just get something, enjoy it, and be like, wow, I enjoyed this. Like, recently um andy you you ever seen the youtube channel cinema sins no i've only seen like i've only heard about it okay well cinema sins they basically are a youtube channel that goes after films and shows and they point out every bad thing about it and recently show me a new channel that just came up recently called cinema wins it's someone else who was like you know what i see all these channels pointing out the bad things like honest trailers and stuff like that that's pointing out all the bad things why don't I make a channel that gives a point and points out all the good things about movies? Even if they're bad, just point out the good things about movies. And I was like, dude, that's fucking amazing <laughs> because of the fact that we don't see that anymore. Everywhere you see, it's like, this thing sucks. This is bad. 
this doesn't make me feel like this. I don't really like the way they said this. I don't like how this was said. No one really tries anymore to be the, the, the position that just appreciates. You get me? So I get it. And I get um, that this is still a branch being opened. So there's a lot of stuff that can be missing. But at the same time, I come from a household. So you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You know, I want to McDonald's. Guess what? There's food at home. I know you remember that conversation. Oh, literally. literally. <laughs> so all the time. So that's just my opinion. It's like I get it and I'm not disregarding it. But I came from a household. So you get what you get. And I'm stuck on that mentality. And some people just don't have it. So some people grew up different. So, you know, that's just them. Mm-hmm. And I know for the other one, we did have some of those planned, but do you mind if we just scratch that one since we already kind of had a good amount of topics anyways, and we could hop into the one below it? Just because uh, I don't remember too much about this. <laughs> and jump straight into this one, the Jane Elliott program. So skipping that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So there was, and I explained this to you, but let me just explain it again for the audience. Um there's a story about an, uh, a woman named Jane Elliott. I remember by heart, um, or majority of the story by heart. Uh, this, this woman, up. Yeah, so this woman, <laughs> Jane Elliott, she was actually a teacher for young kids in elementary school. And shortly after MLK's assassination, Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, she decided she should run an experiment in her classroom. And she decided to separate the classroom into two groups blue-eyed group and brown-eyed group and in doing so she decided to come in one day and say class today i have something to announce to you guys there's a recent study uh, that shows people with blue eyes are smarter superior and much more better in many ways than people with brown eyes i just thought i should let you guys know that and you hear the kids brown eyes oh man I'm a brown eye. You hear the blue eye kids like, yeah, I'm a blue eye, you know. And later that day, while this teacher was teaching a class, teaching the same class, she's explaining something. And one of the students raises their hand and says, excuse me, miss, I don't get it. Or miss, blah, blah, blah. I don't get it. One of the kids, and this was a brown eyed kid. One of the kids of blue eyes looks back and tells them that's because you're brown eyed. And then, the, <laughs> and then the brown-eyed kid looks at her and says, what did you just say? And the blue-eyed kid's like, I said, you're a brown-eyed. And boom, fight breaks out right there in the middle of the class. So then the next day, the teacher comes back in the classroom. And she says, I'm so sorry, you guys. I completely had it wrong. It's the brown-eyes people that are actually much smarter, faster, stronger, and better in every single way than the blue-eyed people. Here's the kid in the back that's brown-eyed. Yeah, I knew I was the best. Here's the kid with the blue eyes. So we're not superior, we're not better in any way? She's like, no, sorry, the brown-eyed people are better than you. And then later that day, these kids are outside playing. You hear the, the brown-eyed kid, you know, little kids are gonna be kids, right? They're just gonna, they're, they're gonna be fucking little kids, especially if it's little boys, you get me? Mm-hmm. The brown-eyed kid is telling the little blue kid or the little blue kid, the kid with the blue eyes, hey, bluey, hey, bluey, you're a bluey, you know, punking him. So the blue-eyed kid gets mad and boom, fight breaks out. So then the next day, the teacher comes in 
and tells the class, students, I want you to know something. I lied to you guys. The brown eyes are not better than the blue eyes and the blue eyes are not better than the brown eyes. You want the truth? The truth is this. This world doesn't care what color your eyes are. Neither does your future, neither does your fortune, neither does your success. You want to win big? Go for it. But don't let this idea that the color of your eyes determine who's better. If you keep thinking that, you'll never go that far. And I thought I should share that experiment because, dude, that's by far. And keep in mind, I should have done this today. Oh, <laughs> one student going home to their mom saying, guess what, mom? You know, let's just say it was the blue. The, like, the teacher told me that people with blue eyes are better than me. What? Oh, the teacher would have been fired immediately the next day. So this was back then. You know, obviously, rules were much more late back then. But I want to see, like, I'm going to give my opinion first. I want to hear what you, no, let me hear your opinion first. Because I, I shared this story with you. And I, I heard the story before. I read the story, and I just thought it was such a great story. Mm -hmm. I thought this is this is quality education, in my opinion. You don't get that as often, but this is quality education. What's your opinion, or what, what do you think about the story I just shared? I know like, you you make a good point in, in today's time. Like it wouldn't even it wouldn't have even lasted <laughs> in the first part. But I mean, just I feel like growing up, being told that would have definitely kind of had that kid going you know what like i want to hear that again or like mm. you know let me, maybe maybe i should try to push myself or something mm. you know because obviously as a kid like you can't just immediately boom my mind is developed and i completely understood what she was trying to do and mm -hmm. and now from here on i'm gonna remember this and push myself because there's no guarantee every kid's gonna remember it mm -hmm. or if any kid is gonna remember it but i feel like running this test is a really good way for i would say probably this would be better for like high schoolers mm -hmm. if they had that emotional reaction as like mm -hmm. little kids yeah i just think high schoolers be like yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah because yeah they would have been like oh, okay like i guess my teacher is racist yeah like, you <laughs> well, know yeah, she, she yeah, like this this bitch racist you know like it's high schoolers so it's kind of hard yeah. to do that with them but I, I don't know i just feel like if if there was a, if there was able to be a spinoff towards the high schoolers where their mindset is still developing but they have a higher chance of actually remembering remembering it and actually paid attention mm -hmm. to to understand what it is the teacher was trying to do then i feel like it would have changed even if it's just a little bit of the people around you or it could have once again you know like a spider web bounced around and like you know one person could have told the next person, could have told the next person, or could have told an aunt. And now the aunt was like, okay, you know what? Like, I might be mid-20s, but I still have time to change, or I could, let me see it differently. Or, you know, now it's family, and then all of like, I don't know, just spiderwebs to mm -hmm. so many different things. I feel like if you had heard this and were able to understand and put it in a perspective where you put yourself like, Okay, let me put them. In, let me put me in my in them shoes. Let me put myself in their shoes. I have brown eyes, so you know. Okay, I felt offended at first, and then I felt powerful in the second time, mm -hmm. and then the third time you realize the reason she conducted this experiment, and you're like, okay, you know what? Let me let me push myself that way. Let me push myself. With what I want to do with my career, with my beliefs, whatever the case may be, to 
to go after what it is I want to go for because no other person with different colored eyes has an advantage to me. Now, that would be the mindset you would want, mm-hmm. but I understand that in today's time, like, yeah. either way, you still see it. You still see yeah. this colored eye is this privileged, mm-hmm. and this person has this privilege, and this person has no privilege, or, you know, so you still see it. But at least having that mindset of going, you know what? You might be white, and you might have white privilege, or you might have blue eyes with white privilege and all that, and I might have brown eyes and have either my privilege or no privilege, but I'm going to put myself equal to you and still surpass you. Because uh-huh. then at that uh-huh. point, you have now been the superior person uh-huh. and, you know, basically goes after what part of her intentions were. So, I mean, that's my opinion. That's what I think. But, you know, you're, you're the one that has known this story and dude, knows it and everything. I love this story. You know why? Because I am in my way in the real estate career i work at an escrow office today today we just had our huge ground opening with there's a big real estate company called roher real estate i'm not sponsoring it's called roher real estate and it's an all-black real estate company they're right above us um and obviously everyone in my office is actually black by the way i'm the only probably white guy there well hispanic just so you guys know i'm actually hispanic anyways I'm only Hispanic guy. Not why you're not Asian. You're Hispanic. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Anyways, but I'm the only Hispanic guy in that entire bottom floor and top floor. And you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Seeing all these realtors and this guy owned that entire building, and now he's given opportunities for his family to make their own businesses in that building because he owns like a, a huge building, bro. We rent out a piece of it as part of our, our my job, and. He owns the entire top, bottom, and the parts on the side, and he decided to make it into a painting company for his brother so that way his brother could start his own business as painting. And one thing I've learned, and people are going to hate me for this, but you know what? Screw you. Because of the fact that I'm, I see it firsthand, dude. And when I go to my, my, I, when I go to my, other, office, my other office, it's Hispanics, pure Hispanics. Both places I work where I see people make six figures or are millionaires, they are not white. Both places I work. And one thing I've learned, success does not discriminate. Victim mentality is more contagious than this fucking virus. So many people have a victim mentality that they, they won't ever see success. And you made a good point when you were talking about how... If you like, if you were there as the child, one day you'll feel powerful. The other day you'll feel defeated. Dude, that's people every day, believing that this person is in this position because of their privilege of this. So you feel defeated, and you're not gonna. Many people are not gonna have that courage, or not gonna have that mentality to be like, you know what, I'm defeated, but I, I refuse to be defeated anymore. They're gonna stay defeated. And guess what? Right now we're at a moment where people are trying to fight this. So they're here feeling way too powerful. Like the kids saying, hey, Bluey, hey, Bluey. That's today, bro. We are those kids today. This story was a while ago, but this story never changed because it speaks truth. When someone, when, here's the problem. When people f- try to find a need to feel superior because they felt defeated before, there will always be someone superior and there will always be someone defeated. And you will always never be able to see the true success when you stop feeling either way. And you just feel challenged. That's my big issue. People say like, oh, because I, one thing I can't stand is when people like, 
say like white privilege or talk about white people as if they're an enemy it's like first of all i know a lot of poor white people poorer than you i know white people who wish they could have your life as well as i know mexicans i know asians i know poverty is does not discriminate neither does success it's the victim mentality that defines that i'll tell you one thing for sure and i'm, I'm telling this to everyone out there hearing this story I want you to stop looking at things as white privilege or because I'm this or because I'm that. Stop looking at that. And I want you to start looking at it as I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Top 10% doesn't believe in victim mentality, so I'm going to be the top 10%. And I'm telling you this as someone who's working his way there. And I'm telling you this as someone who today witnessed a bunch of successful realtors around me because it was a huge event we had. Uh, if they're not realtors, they're loan officers, or if they're not that, they're huge funders. Either way, these people have six figures in their bank. Like it's nothing. And I got all their business cards, by the way. But <laughs> networking is net worth. Remember that. And one thing I found that was awesome today is all these people. I just, I said, hey, can I sit? And I said, can I sit here and actually eat? And they're like, oh, yeah, man, that seat belongs to you, anyways. And we had a nice conversation. And that's, that's the part people are missing today. We, People feel like they can't conversate with people because of the color of their eyes, because of the color of their skin, because of the color of their hair. It's like, dude, if you look at people who really do make success, who really are successful, you will look at the closest thing you see to unity. I witnessed that today. All types of people together, enjoying food, laughing, talking about their business, all that kind of stuff. Because no one has that victim mentality that when I was at that event, no one had it. And you just saw laughter and joy. I just feel like that's drastically missing. And I feel like no one informs that. And I give props to this teacher because that is pure education right there. And that's something we don't have anymore, pure education. So I'm ready to move on. I just had a huge rant. I apologize. Clip that. <laughs> All right, so... On to the next topic, you guys. So meanwhile, we're already talking about a bunch of things happening today and how it's affecting. So first of all, if you don't know, back then, China used to have a one-child law. or the It was a law like that, basically, where every, every household had to only add one child, and you had to have double the amount of income to have the second child, stuff like that. And right now, China's starting to see marriage rates fall all year, despite plans to boost birth, boost births. So First off, I'm going to explain that what that means. That simply means that right now, because they did that, China is starting to see marriages be like almost non-existent, at least within the ages they're targeting, which is under 30. People are starting to marry later. People are starting to have kids later. And not just that, China's average age right now, let's just say it, by 2024, the average age of someone in China is going to be about 35. Guess what age is going to be in America? Guess what age? Some fucking young number. No, believe it or not, it's 34.8. Close to 35, can no? And guess what the average age will be in India? I don't know. 24. Meaning, at first we were overpopulated, now we're underpopulated. Because the average age in India, people were like, wait, why would you want more? Think of it like this. You have more young people, you have more people to work as well as you have more people, military, stuff like that, you get me? You want your average number to be young. So first off, what's your opinions? Do you think people are starting to get married later here in the U.S., as China's seeing right now, as well as do you think people are starting to, to have children much later? Is this a good or bad thing? What's your opinion? 
Hmm. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I can kind of pick a side just because I know people that are having children and that are either early 20s or mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And I know people that have already been engaged and married early 20s, mid-20s. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of like... So you haven't seen this yet, at least in your own household? No. Okay. okay. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, I would just think... Because of COVID, like it would, it would, it would be more early, because you know everybody's at home, fucking horny and everything. Horny doesn't so, mean like, you have to marry someone. No, 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 no. I know, but like in the sense of, for for a handful of people, the now then comes religion or their beliefs, because mm-hmm. it's like okay, you know, true. Now we had a, now we're having a kid. Now we're having a child. Let's get married, and that can be early ages. That can be. Early as in, like, even before 20 or early 20s, mid 20s, like, whatever the case may be. Because I kid you not, and you and I both know, mm-hmm. there is a good amount of people that we either are, you know, we know about or know of that already have a child. Oh, yeah. Before oh, yeah. their yeah, mid 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like, it's only time before they end up getting married because they already have a child. Well, sometimes baby daddy things it's, it's a big trend right yeah. now. <laughs> but still, it's like to me, I I I can't pick or choose because I'm not well, I guess, educated enough in either or for me to be like, okay, I know this happens a lot more. I know this happens a lot more. For me, it's like I know of both ends, and I see both ends. But to me, I don't feel like one is calling me more than the other. Okay, okay. I but get I, that. But like the the one thing with, with China and having the one child mm-hmm. and how you mentioned, you know, younger children is more workers. and Yeah, that better alone, for the economy in all honesty. Yeah, that alone affects the economy and mm-hmm. branches out to so many different things. So I can understand that. And I can understand how it's it's hindering China and it's affecting them. And it, it, it's to the point where it is brought to their attention that they have to like look into mm-hmm. it they have to mm-hmm. you know figure out why so that's my belief i feel like you might have something different or you might have your own thought because this caught your attention okay i see it as this um honestly i get it shit man i feel like our generation gen z in this sense i think we are the biggest ones so far who are the biggest advocates for trying to make money before anything else but I feel like it's because we've been born into so much stuff. You get me? That we don't want that. We we and we're born into the ages of entrepreneurship being a huge. We're born into the ages of cryptocurrency and investing. So it's really easy for us to just be like, I don't think I want a child. Yeah, I want to make this money. You get me? So I get it. I pers- I I get it myself. I don't. I really don't know if I would want to have a child before twenty five and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. You know, only life and I say God chooses for me. I'm religious, yes, but God chooses for me. Um, but I will say this. I think in America, we see this today. And I think for two reasons. One, the trend of the red pill community. Because now you have guys who don't want to get married because of, you know, red pill mm. community is very strong on don't get married. Red pill kill me. They're so strong on that. Don't get married. You're going to get fucked in the court. Like, you know, they're so strong on that. So I think the trend of the red pill community has definitely contributed to this. And the second thing I think is this whole, um, 
another trend for women, which is uh, be a bad bitch, bad bitch summer, as well as go stack your bread and go get ahead, stuff like that. <laughs> but like, I think those two things is what makes America next lineup. You have guys who don't want to get married because of this trend of the red pill community. And you have women who want to be independent first make their money which is nothing wrong with that nothing's wrong with either just let me make that part clear nothing is wrong with either but you have uh women who want to be independent make their own money all that kind of stuff and then get married later on but here's the problem with the red pill community the red pill community doesn't really want to marry older women or women who appear to be more masculine in a sense so that's just like uh, there's nothing wrong with either in my opinion i do see the reasons why and i do think those two things going on right now means america's the next the next headline for that because that's the biggest things right now you have guys who don't want to get married because red pill community strong and then you have women who don't want to get married um because they they believe in stacking their back first i get it nothing wrong with it but i'm just saying i think america's next <laughs> that's crazy on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to explain this one? Or, this is yours. This is mine? This is yours. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, oh, this is right. Okay. So, Disney. So, you're... Okay. So, everyone out there, if you're not familiar with the metaverse right now, you need to hop on to YouTube and Google and search out everything you can about the metaverse because this is the future. If you are not investing in the future, you are behind. Make that part clear. If you are not investing in the future, you are behind. Sponsored, not sponsored. <laughs> but recently, because you already have a bunch of people saying they're going to be involved with this metaverse. Not to mm. mention Staples changed their name to Crypto.com. Pretty soon, if, if Crypto.com bought off Staples, metaverse is going to buy off Staples. Or they're going to work together. Um, but either way, Staples Center is, is going to get involved in this. Disney recently announced that they will be involved in the metaverse plans which is huge because disney is by far one of the biggest corporations to date disney is disney they have exactly. everything and they own everything <laughs> exactly so hearing this makes me excited as someone who's a huge fan of the crypto community as well as uh seeing this metaverse so i'm a huge fan of at least the future of technology and investing with the future of technology and Seeing this, I'm like, oh, yeah, because recently uh, Disney actually dropped their first series collection of NFTs. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear Dude, about they, that. they sold fast. I have a buddy who managed to get the, the pizza truck from Toy Story. The what? From Toy Story, the pizza truck. Oh, Remember the yeah, Pizza Planet yeah, truck? Yeah. He got that NFT. It looks so dope. <laughs> but I guess that there's one with Walt Disney and uh, Mickey Mouse holding hands, and that thing sold for over 300000 I would have expected millions. Even though in the beginning, it was selling only for about uh, 150 bucks. But people got that, managed to auction bid it for like over 300,000, something like that, which is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. But what are your opinions on the metaverse? What are your opinions on all these companies getting involved? Do you think it's going to be the next huge thing? How long do you think it's going to take? And are you going to get involved? I want to get involved. I will admit I don't have enough knowledge for me to confidently involve myself in this mm -hmm. because knowing myself you know i want to i want to understand i want to learn before i actually jump into it yeah, yeah even though at the same time like hearing everybody's upbringings and everything i'd say i want to get included too but the way i see it is obviously the metaverse is gonna be something big 
Oh yeah, Ooh, Ready Player One. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was literally gonna say that. I was like, it's it's basically what Ready Player One is. And if anyone has seen that movie, pretty good movie. It but is. you will then kind of see that this is where the metaverse is trying to go to, and obviously the following from Facebook jumping straight into the metaverse. It's like, who else is not gonna follow now mm-hmm. the metaverse? You get mm-hmm. me, and with nfts with everything going on like everything is going to turn into just an increase in in (laughs) sense of money like Mm -hmm. you know because i remember seeing an article as well and i I believe we've talked about it Mm -hmm. um i might be wrong with the country but i think it was oh what was it there was there's a south american country that officially took salvador yeah it was a salvador it was a salvadorian president who officially took bitcoin is that what you're gonna say yes. as a form of currency yeah. so I, I i feel like within the metaverse the nfts and everything like electronically and all that, i feel like that is gonna be the next taken mm-hmm. and that alone will be such an investment in so many different aspects by so many different people that just another article i, I was reading today was um even some car companies are jumping into it. There was a, a a person that had collaborated or worked with Nissan in Canada and Canada to put out a um, Nissan NFT, and they also put in like a, a what was it? A, a Nismo, but it was like a special edition, so it was like one of few mm. to also put into it, and, and that went that one skyrocketed. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so it's like. It's crazy seeing oh, yeah. companies like Disney, companies like Nissan. I, I, I was talking to you about it. Lamborghini mm-hmm. might jump into it. So mm-hmm. it's like companies like that. I, I saw this trailer. Even sports teams are doing little NFT with their players. Dude, that's going to go so, huge. Because first off, that means baseball cards are going out of the way. I mean, baseball cards will still have their things because everybody still wants, you know. But I, at the same time, you have now reached a new market for online and everything but an nft baseball be, card i think that will easily outbid any other regular no 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 i'm, I'm not yeah, saying it yeah. will it's okay, just yeah you'll still have that little market who yeah people want, want regular baseball cards. Yeah. yeah but it's like you know because because the trailer i saw was for soccer mm-hmm. so it's like all these nfts for all these different players like you're gonna want to watch at that point it's not going to increase um the views for the games the attendance at the uh, stadiums for players like you, the you know the nft for the players that you have you're gonna want to keep up to date with them and make sure they're doing good because when they do good like shoot i don't know how it's gonna work but their their stats might go up or whatever the case may be but now it's it's with soccer who know like i'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do baseball they're gonna do football mm-hmm. they're gonna do hockey like any and every sport that there is because you would you would be dumb not to at this point you know because you're touching at this point every single possibility and that's not to mention all the other different like NFTs that are out there mm-hmm. or all the other companies that are out there. So for me, I just think this is crazy that, you know, a company like Disney, company like Nissan and all these different things are getting, are getting into the metaverse mm-hmm. or getting into NFTs and, and this new wave, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just wish I was way more educated than what i am start now, with, now. With this. you can start now <laughs> just to understand to be able to invest myself and to, uh, to be able to like just have that excitement 
because even though I'm not as like as wowed and as as excited and all that for Disney, mm-hmm. I would still have been like, you know what, that NFT dope, or that would like that stuff. I would want that. I would want to get that. But at the same time, like you know, I have my mindset in the sense of, do I want it? Do I need it? Mm-hmm. Is this an impulse buy? Because at this point, doing like NFT bidding and all that can turn into an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. For certain people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have the money for it, by all means, you have the money for it. <laughs> if that's what you want, if that's what makes you happy. But to me, I find this amazing. I find this interesting. And I wish I could spend my time investing into understanding the metaverse, into understanding NFTs and all that. Now, I know you're different. You've invested your time into it. You understand it. You've done your research and all that. And I know this comes from your end. So I want to hear your opinion. What are your thoughts about this? All I'm going to say is this, and I'm like, this is literally free million dollar tip to anyone who's watching this. I'm being dead ass. More than million, possibly billion dollar tip. And I'm going to race my way to get to it. (laughs) (laughs) You muted me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates, and Steve Jobs capitalized on what? The first computer, the first form of the internet, and the first form of full webmail. That's how they made their money. Elon Musk first got into PayPal, and PayPal is finding a way to use the internet and money together. Jeff Bezos found a way to start selling books online and shipping it from there rather than having to go to a bookstore. Bill Gates started off, uh, he started off after Steve Jobs started his desktop, which is was which was originally just to write stuff, so it was mainly just computer and writing, and then later on turned into computer writing and internet, and then Bill Gates hopped on as well. People don't realize we are in the moment of the next wave. This is the moment that when they saw back then as the wave or the the moment of the internet, this is the moment of the future. This is the metaverse. This is like another version of the internet. Meaning, if you are not planning some type of way you can provide a business or assistance to the metaverse, you can kiss the idea or dreams of being like Steve Jobs and all that goodbye. Because of the fact that, dude, this, if we, this is like how they felt when the internet was coming. They're like, oh man, we could do a lot with the internet. I'm like that right now with the metaverse. Oh man, I could do a lot with the metaverse. Think of it like this. Have you ever played Facebook games? Probably not, huh? So Facebook games is this popular game called Farmville. And Farmville, other people could come and they could crop your crops, they could water them, and they they get points or they get rewards in the in return. If the metaverse is really gonna be where you could work in the metaverse, you can socialize the metaverse, you could go to concerts and all that in the metaverse. Imagine this. Imagine a game like Farmville. You could go to someone else's farm. You spend a few hours or so mining their field, and you get sent some type of cryptocurrency as a way of actual payment. Imagine using the metaverse to do small things like that and get some extra money from it. That is that is not impossible. That's actually the more likely thing that's going to happen. So that's why I think this metaverse is huge. This is going to provide a lot of opportunities. Now, it can get scary. 
And I don't want to hop into that rabbit hole. That's a whole conversation itself. But at least for the ideas of being able to capitalize on this moment right now, us being introduced to the metaverse, dude, this is the moment. This is the moment. Metaverse is going to take at least another two to five years to be fully furnished and done. You have two to five years to find out how you can make an investment towards this. That's for everyone out there. And I know you actually had something you wanted to talk about or a recent video you came up on. Yes. So being as, you know, I want to be an engineer and, and all that, um, and especially around this time, women are going for equal opportunities and, you know, equal Careful. pay and, and everything. No, no, no. This is this, this could possibly be a trigger warning episode on time. Okay, okay. I understand that. But um, the reason why I picked this article, and the article is about a woman by the name of Autumn Westfall. And she is a female construction manager that basically wanted to depict her her view of her job and says that male coworkers don't take her seriously because of her looks. Now, it also goes to say that she is a model. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might see as she has the looks. Or, or, you know, she's beautiful or whatever you want to say. But within the article, and I believe there was a, a video of a TikTok of her explaining that she she gets this two-sided portrayal where because of her look, she gets what she wants. Or because she's a woman, she gets ignored. And being a construction manager... There's times where she is ignored by email. She's ignored by calls. They don't follow through with her plans or all that because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Or, like I said, the opposite. They will go through with it and, you know, they'll, they'll go off on everything because she is a woman and she looks beautiful. Now, you know, she does go to say that she does work in big projects. I don't remember the digits. The, I don't know if it was... Three, gi- three digits, two digits, whatever. It was, let's just say it was multiple digits. So it is mm-hmm. big projects. But she is still seeing it in the sense of she is getting treated either one or the other just because she is a woman in this in this field. Now, I'm not sure if she mentions pay, whether she gets equal pay or not. But I can understand, at least from her perspective, how, how it might feel getting treated one way when you're just trying to do your job, when you're you're the manager. So you're you're mm-hmm. trying to be looked at as you're getting your job done, you're doing what you guys need to do, and you're managing who you need to manage to get that job done. But at the same time, I still feel like there's still obviously the work in progress with especially the US, or at least in this point, you know, America with seeing both genders as equal opportunists or what is it Op- equal opportunity basically mm-hmm. so equality is a better term mm, but um i don't know this just caught my attention because obviously it's it's in within the routes of what i was trying to go for as a career and to me this is interesting because you know at least here in california when you see either construction workers or workers that are 
cleaning up the streets or, or doing construction or fixing up the roads, something, it's always, they're always like shit talking to one another. Mm. And, oh, you know, yeah. And then and that's, that's natural in the sense of, to them, that's like a family thing. That's like a, that that's like what makes them whole is you shit talk to the others, but at the same time, it's all through like endearment. Now, I, you know, I, I guess in, in her perspective, she might not have been surrounded by that or she might not have been too exposed to that to where her getting ignored or her feeling like her position doesn't give her the full power to do to, to complete her job with the surroundings. Because, you know, I'd imagine it's construction workers. They might be shit talking mm-hmm. or they might just be like, OK, you know. She's a woman. We, you know, we can ignore her. Because in the article, it also explains how when she's trying to explain stuff, whether it's to another company or just explaining stuff and she's trying to do her role, they will ignore her and listen for a male input because she's a woman. So it's like, you know, I can also understand the workers that would do that because I know there are people that that, that are like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's portrayed in movies, it's portrayed in shows, and it's portrayed in that sense because it's within reality. People do ignore women to try to listen to a male's perspective or a male's voice, even though the woman might have the higher power or the higher role. Let alone probably uh, better knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, this just caught my attention, and I wanted to get you know your input out of it. So... I mean, you made a really good point. And that major point that I think you made was the fact that at least for L.A. County, where we reside and where we see construction workers, L.A. County, California, where we see it, the common construction workers you do see are like older Hispanic type. And coming from Hispanic households, and Hispanic culture, the older Hispanic types tend to be the most machismo. So I don't know exactly her residence state or I don't know, but at least it, let's just say if this lady was working LA County and she was one of the, she was a manager for one of the construction sites here. I could get why she would feel how she feels because dude, we have shit ton of machismo shit talkers, mm. uh, construction workers on average. And I could see exactly how she would feel a little bit disrespected, you know, kind of silenced in a way because, but I don't know where she resides. I'm just saying if she was here in LA County, I could see that because from speaking from the construction workers I see around here and the construction workers, I know, oh, huge machismo. Like I'm just saying what they're going to say. And I'm just saying what they usually say. I'm not saying this out of my words, like, callate puta, you know, like stuff like that. You get Literally. me? Yeah. Um, and is it right? No, of course it's not. It's never. It's never. It's never okay. Um, do I get it from her point of view? Yeah. Um, but I will say this, and as I always say this about everything, I don't know what's happening on the other side. Meaning, uh, I had a buddy who once felt he was being discriminated because uh, it was a bunch of Hispanic workers, and they didn't really pay much attention to him or you know listen to him when they were supposed to, and he was black. He's telling me, like, oh, man, it's fucking racist shit, you know, that kind of stuff. I was like, well, tell me what happened. And he told me, yeah, like, I don't get what the hell is a big issue. I'm over here trying to help all that kind of stuff. I take a quick break for only about 20 minutes. I need to check something on my phone, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, there you go. He's like, what do you mean? 
I was like, it's not the, like, don't take it as a racist thing. Because his, his situation was different. But I said, don't take it as a racist thing, dude. You got to realize one thing. Hispanics, and again, we're talking about LA County, California. It's mostly Hispanics who do construction work and, you know, construction site type of work. Everywhere else, I don't know. But I'm speaking behalf on where I reside. These are some machismo and some, like, old school type of guys. But you have to realize these are hard workers. And let alone, if you, if people recognize you're not working hard, it's hard for them to respect you or give you the time of day. So who's to say, you know, she's not with a bunch of hard workers and she's kind of laying lax. You get me? You get me? Hmm. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying that it's not okay the way she's being treated. Um, but I do wonder what's going on the other side because kind of like a similar story with my friend and he was like, well, I mean, it was only for 20 minutes. I was like, dude, you have to realize that most most people I know that are full-on Hispanics or just or, or people that have been working construction for so long in L.A. County, those are some hard workers where they don't even like when someone looks at their phone for too long. And they see it as, you're not a worker. Get this fool out of here, stuff like that. And people don't take that very well. And he's like, oh, I mean, shoot, I didn't think about that. So I don't know. Again, her situation, I don't know if she was you know, working to uh, at level with everyone else. I don't know if she was required because she's a manager, but, you know, I, it's not okay the way she was treated, not at all. And it's not okay if she feels uh, not included. But it's one of those things. I don't know the full story. And <laughs> I don't know what's going on at the site. So that's as much of my opinion as, as I could give. It's, it's, it's good enough to where you, you point out multiple perspectives that, you know, someone who listening in might not have thought of. Because mm. it's true, you know, you, you want to get in as many perspectives as you can to understand the situation. Now, within the article, it doesn't depict yeah, the other perspectives. Yeah. And seeing as, as, as how she's a model, you might assume, okay, maybe she's doing TikToks or promoting her pictures and doing blah, blah, blah. So she might be on her phone quite often or... Or maybe she, she's not even like that. But it's just there's not enough information yeah. to completely understand who's in the right, who's in the wrong, or you know, which which side is doing their just, you know. But those are our seven topics for today, or at least for this session. So we'll hop into the next one, see how that goes. But just so that you guys know, we are back. We're back. Back and better than ever. We're ready. We're better than ever. We hope you guys enjoy conversations like these. We do have a bunch of guest stuff coming up. Um, we will be at full regular schedule again January. We don't have an exact date, but later on in, in a separate video or some other video, we will announce and give the official date. But later on in January, we do plan on coming back full live streams, um, specifically uh, set up just like this topics conversations our opinions our perspectives you rock with it cool give it a thumbs up subscribe tune in for our live stream starting in january if you don't cool i don't know find something else to do with your time <laughs> find some, or you disagree with something let us know what you disagree with we're like again this is this is a point where there should be disagreements um because there should be multiple perspectives mm -hmm. and if there's not multiple perspectives then Maybe we're not thinking enough. And I feel like that's the thing that people should do more often. Think enough, but 
obviously i mean like give give a, a respectful opposition view don't come out like that shit was blah, 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 you know delete <laughs> but hope you guys enjoyed hope you guys are gonna enjoy more content we have coming to you big plans big things again we will be fully back in january so up until then you will be seeing some recorded clips recorded sit downs and recorded streams but we will have content for you daily the moment you see this video there will already be daily videos after this video that is a guarantee so we hope you guys enjoyed everything today we hope you guys are gonna enjoy everything coming tomorrow and we hope you guys enjoy the new age podcast peace